table. <laughs> All right, so uh, episode four, Cult Personalities Podcast. I was listening back to episode three. I didn't do the intro for anybody, but we'll figure out who we are. Yeah, I mean, th- it's that's me. Wh- it's me, Rich, Derek, and then Rich, and then the other voice last week was Gene. So if you didn't figure that out, what the hell? That's yeah, I mean, problem. <laughs> We plastered his mug all over. You should know <laughs> Gene by now. Gene's more famous than we are. That's I mean. true for right now. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> all right. So uh, get until in, we kill we'll him, get, <laughs> we'll get into some recent things now. Uh, two of the things that I wound up watching, and one I actually watched a while ago, but it kind of parlays into what I just watched. There's two movies. Uh, one was called In Fear, and the other one was called Wakewood. Okay. They're Irish horror movies. And oh, that's there, different. There's been a streak. Like there, uh, I wish I wrote down all the other ones, but there, there's been a slew of Irish horror movies that have been coming out. The Hollow was another one. Okay, but they're they're good though. Like that's what the thing is. Like even watching it, when we were sitting down watching, I'm like, I can't, I can't picture Irish people in a movie theater. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what their reaction is as a horror movie. Like I just, I just can't picture that reaction. I don't know if it's like the, the no reaction or i just i don't picture a reaction but the the movies themselves are really good and it's surprising because it's you don't think of irish horror movies although historically they have a lot of you know horror related tales of sorts right but it, they're been they're really doing some really cool things which is awesome to see which we'll see i mean it's been a really good streak i haven't i'm trying to think of like the last one i saw there was grabbers was another one that was kind of a comedy horror that was funny um, but they've been doing some really good ones, which is just kind of shocking. Um, the other thing, you might have watched this. Did you watch Westworld, the premiere? I I have it taped. I have not watched it yet. I'm very, very excited for it, though. Did, did you see the movie? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm wondering, because when I heard that they were making this into a series, mm-hmm. my first thought was, how are you going to that plot? It, there's What what are you going to do to expand that out? Like That's what was worrying to me. And when I watched the first episode, like, it was amazing, and it seems like th- there's a lot that they can do with it, but still in the back of my mind, having seen the original, I still keep thinking, how is this? I mean, obviously, they have it going in a different direction because that's a very limited storyline. Right. Um, but, I mean, it, it's done amazing, and it looks fantastic. Oh, it looks so good. And I, the, the, the that, That's the biggest thing, yeah. I mean, go you, especially if you watch the original, because it was, like, 1973, something yeah, like that. it was old uh, Michael Crichton, I believe, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was one. He wrote it, and, uh, and then um, Yul Brenner was in it. Yes. And uh, James Brolin was another Which one. Which is, you know, great cast. Oh, yeah, it was know, a phenomenal. For, for that type of movie. It, it, it didn't seem that that, that movie, did, like, it, it kind of has, like, a cult following, but yeah, it never did that well. So that was the other thing that kind of surprised me that right. That was you know, usually when you see a, a brand that's revived or revisited or remade in some way, it's something that has a lot of cult appeal yeah. or is like a, a huge uh, phenomenon in some form or another. That it's just inevitable that it's going to get yeah. something like that. So to see something that's a little more obscure, oh yeah, definitely. you know, be be redone like that, it's interesting. But I think. Uh, it's a smart move to have it on HBO because yeah. you already have kind of a built-in audience there where there's a lot of people who just like what HBO does. With yeah, their... and they're waiting for their new breakout series. Type yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's cool that they're getting into some sci-fi now because, yeah. you know, they, obviously they got into fantasy and stuff with, with Game of Thrones. And, you know, now you see see this is, is I think, is going to have a totally different vibe and feel from anything else that they've done before, which... Is cool. It's nice oh, yeah, to definitely. see, and uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it too, yep. right? Yeah, and he's and it, 
everyone in it, it it's it's definitely a very well casted show um it, it's it's interesting it's just like that's the whole thing in the back of my head if if, if you haven't seen the original movie then all my points are moot um but if you've seen the original it's hard to watch like that was the thing that it, not in a bad way and i'm not sitting there thinking like well it's just gonna you know crash and burn or anything but it was just it's different to watch because you know the story arc right like, you kind of get the the gist of the story arc from the first episode like they're they're alluding to what's coming um but it just it was just weird to me because i still keep thinking like well, all right well where does this branch off completely? And knowing that, like, it made it a little more difficult. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to continue to watch because it was just a phenomenal premiere. And I'm glad to see them, like, that took off. And it did seemingly did really well for them. That's all I've been hearing is all the buzz about it, too, which is always a good thing. Yeah, everybody that I've heard that I would assume have be into that kind of thing has all said it was great. Yeah. You know, they all enjoyed it. So I can't wait to sit down and watch it. The other thing I can't wait for is uh, Luke Cage. Everybody keeps talking about how great Did you watch any of that, that yet? I haven't gotten yeah, to. Yeah, I haven't you know? either. I've been so busy with, uh, you know, stuff with NEPA scene, and we just finished our, we did a big series of events and stuff like that, so we just fin- finished that finally, so now I can have a little bit of downtime that I can kind of catch up on some of it's that stuff. It's a good stuff. month to have downtime. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now that it's getting colder and everything, too. Yeah. Um, so the other thing with that, October is kind of, you know, I watch horror movies all the time. That's pretty much the main movie I watch, um, but in October, it always kind of goes into there's like a set uh, list of things you work through, and it's always like the classic. So so far, I've kind of worked my way into Child's Play, which I still love that movie, and, it, and it's so weird because it should not hold up. That movie should not hold up at all, right? In theory, yeah, but somehow it does. Like it works. Like it just the whole premise of it, and hearing it was me in the '80s, like all right, this would just be if someone was not knowing of it and just was introduced to it, it holds up. I don't know why. I really don't know why the movie holds up so well. Um, Maybe not some of the sequels, but oh god, yeah. But they didn't even <laughs> hold up at the time. They, by the time they were released, they're already. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that poor John Waters threw himself into one, though. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> but Had a nice little cameo. Yeah, yeah. I love John Waters, but that was one of the saddest cameos. I'm like, why? You don't need the money. <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to do this to yourself. And it was already like the it had become. I mean, all slasher movies, sadly, when they continue on, become a joke. Right. It's just whether they're in on it or not isn't always <laughs> the, yeah. the point. Right. But that became a joke so quickly because I think of the fact that the first one should not have been a good movie, and it was. So it was kind of – I don't know why they went so camp so quick. Mm. It could They could have just seen where else they could have taken that to make it a little – Right. But – well, I mean, let's be honest. It's easier to make a camp movie yeah. than it is to make oh, a yeah. scary movie, like one that's legitimately frightening and disturbing and weird and different. And sadly, most horror movies, all they care about is opening weekend. That's True. where they get their money. So that's what most studios are. That's where you see all the behind-the-scenes crap that happens to horror movies yep. because they're just going for that opening weekend, and then they don't really care after. And which is sad because it's still the bastard child of the movie genre. I don't understand why, because it's <laughs> one of the most profitable in all of movies, but it's right. still the bastard child and they still kind of treat it that way. And they don't think of the cult following that they develop, but whatever. Uh, other ones I went watch, I got Night of Living Dead, the original, which is another one that holds up so well. Uh, original Halloween. And one, have you ever watched Black Sunday, Mario Bava's film? Yes. It, yes. That's, I absolutely, it's a black and white, 
I love that movie. It it's so well done. Bava is such an underrated horror director, and I feel sad that not more people know his name because whenever I've introduced like his old movies to people, they're blown away by them. Yeah, because they all hold up so well. And without him, we wouldn't even have the slasher genre. Right. That's what Friday the Thirteenth ripped off, ladies and gentlemen, with yeah. from his Bay of Blood movie. <laughs> even scenes, even taken, the kills, yeah, just taken directly out of that, just thrown into the movie. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? So other thing, I don't know. I always change the music with the seasons. That's my. I don't. Know, I change everything with the seasons. Um, and for some reason, the fall, I've just kind of always gotten into, and I, I hate even using this term because it's been so destroyed. But emo <laughs> and i weigh that i mean like true emo like mineral or you know older type emotional music not stupid people with stupid haircuts whining well, whatever i don't want to become the old guy saying get off my yard but that's why i feel <laughs> like i'm going um but american football is one of the bands i love love them okay and they haven't put an album out i think 17 years they're actually putting one out this this month it's coming out oh really and um but their old album is just so phenomenal for the fall and I, their new one's coming out i already i already pre-ordered it because i'm just an idiot like that and <laughs> just wanted to get it and we'll get in which is a nice tie-in because i pre-ordered it on vinyl ah nice which is a nice tie-in to what we're talking about tonight which is collecting things yes the collecting 101 the mentality of it I also uh the before we get into that I want to give a shout out to uh there's there's a new album by a band called Crowbot called Welcome to Fat City. Need to hear it. It's Crowbot. really great. Uh I'm a big fan of Crowbot. They're they're relatively new. They've they've only formed a few years ago. Um but they've played around here a couple times. They're they're kind of semi-local to us. They're from Pottsville. Okay. So it's a little while away, but you know, I still consider it northeastern Pennsylvania. It's still in the same general vicinity. And they are kind of a throwback to They're like I'm, I'm just I just like had the computer open. Is it kind of like stoner rock? Yes. That's kind of okay. It's stoner rock. It's it's very 70s vibe to it. Um it feels like it, like a lot of the good rock that came out of that era, you know, like they're uh, they consider themselves very much against butt rock, as they call it, <laughs> which would be like you know your your usual yeah. bullshit Nickelback type bands. How here on the dare radio. you! Sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are real, like they're they're live. If if uh, if you're not convinced by the music itself, which you totally should be, because it's very uh, sci-fi and fantasy based. A lot of their stuff is very epic sounding. It's kind of their lyrics kind of remind me a little bit of stuff like Dio. Uh, oh, okay. where he's writing these big epic fantasy yeah. tales into the music and stuff. Um, there's songs about Satan. There's songs about the oh, Chupacabra, I, I Wizards. The devil, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out. No, I, I always love I, I Just kind of doing a quick, like as you're reading, I'm looking at him. Did you ever listen to Wolf Mother? I was wondering. Yes. I love, is it kind of uh, like that? Yes. That's kind of the very, way. Okay. Yeah, exactly. There's a I didn't lo- even listen to him. I'm, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just no, going no, by no, what no. I'm looking at. And no, that's totally. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Uh, but they they put on probably the most energetic live show you will see. Uh, they're just so, so into it that they will get you into it instantly. If they're opening for for a band that you like, you will walk out a bigger fan of them than the band you went to see. Like They're just that kind of band where they just they really give it their all on stage i've seen them play to just a few people and they've played festivals to hundreds of thousands of people they've, they've toured with motorhead oh, clutch wow. like major bands that are really good 
Uh, so they have a lot of they have a lot of good cred, but they're they're still relatively new. They're on Wind Up Records, uh, which is kind of a weird fit when you consider some of the other stuff that's on there. It's, which uh, Creed's record label, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A lot of it is is Alter Bridge and like uh, maybe Evanescence or something was on there. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's it's weird that they have something that's, in my opinion, a little more legit uh, than you're that, saying Creed that kind of shit. wasn't legit. Oh my god, <laughs> this is just falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. The show's <laughs> over. That's and it. What's but, next? Scott Stapp's solo career sucks. <laughs> Come on. You mean Scott Stapp needs drugs and starts a uh, GoFundMe to continue I, his drug habits? I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to get it. I don't want to give Scott Stapp any more of his 15 minutes of fame than he already used to. <laughs> but uh, I I highly recommend Crowbot. It's the thing that I've been listening to the last couple weeks. The album just uh, their second album just came out. Um, their first album's amazing too, so uh, definitely check it out. I'll have to check them out. Now let's let's get into collecting. Yeah, now th- this is it's fun. I was trying to think of like a lead in to getting into this stuff, and it's funny because when we say collecting, like me and you, like just in this room, like our thought goes to a certain area. Sure, but like when you really think of it, it's not. It, you know, we look at it as like a nerdy type thing, an obsession of sorts. But really, it's kind of like a human thing because we all do it in some way. It just might not be as obvious. Some of us might look at it as a hobby, whether it's you know stamps or cars or even tools for the whatever it is. Like we all kind of have that pack rat mentality. Yeah, that's always been my defense of it. As you know, a lot of people are like you know why would you collect all this stuff? Why do you need this stuff or whatever? And it's like, well, you know, when you think about it, we all do it in some form, whether it's. You know, women with, uh, you know, shoes, women in general, you're shoes, <laughs> makeup, dresses, whatever. Hey, I wasn't going to stereotype, but sure. I mean, you, I thought you, you were just going to end it at women. No, <laughs> no. There's just like, you know, they don't they don't see a problem with spending, you know, 50 to 100 dollars on a pair of shoes mm-hmm. and then buying another pair of shoes the next week in a different color or whatever. Hey, guys do that, but too? then they. But yeah, and guys do it too with uh, you know Nikes and things mm-hmm. like that. You know Michael Jordans or you know whatever is popular now. Uh, I'm obviously not. Yeah, into we are that. not hipping with it. Yeah, I was never. <laughs> that is not one we're going to get I into. Never into that. But you know, there's 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 all different. It, whether it, you know sports memorabilia, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a sports label on everything. Yeah. And if you're a hardcore football, basketball fan, whatever, you've got all that stuff. But then you're gonna look at us like, oh, what a bunch of nerds collecting action figures. Like you're just as nerdy. You're yeah. just in a different it's just, way. Yeah, that's it's just whatever your brain latches on to, that's your thing. Yeah. And and it's, and it's also how you look at it because that's that's the difference is like we look at it as collecting. Yes. They might not look at it as collecting as just I really like that. Right. Like you'll see people that are big sports fans that'll have like an Eagles room or a Cowboys room and stuff like that. But to them, it's not even looking at it as collecting. It's just that's part of the room. Yeah. And that's part of what I really enjoy. So it's kind of the the way you look at it, I guess. And to us, it's like we know what it is and we call it what it is, which is just collecting. So it is the same thing, but it's just a term. Yeah. But what was for you like your first like memory or thing that you got into that you wanted to collect may not be the same way we look at it now but the first kind of thing that you got into that you remember well i definitely was big i was big into action figures as a kid and uh baseball cards which i I, it's funny i really wasn't that obsessed with sports in general but you you know know what it was 
I'll tell you exactly. The Beckett's Guide. Remember those Beckett's yeah, Guides? That, yeah. you know, the price guides? Mm-hmm. That push that obsession because you would get a monthly thing to see where the price is at with yeah things. absolutely you know and i think it was just the 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 wanting to collect them all kind yep. of thing or to get a set of a certain thing that you know does something to your brain especially as a kid and you're like i, I need to have all of these you know so i was big into baseball cards for a while which if anyone uh, is looking to get some baseball cards. I've been trying to get rid of mine for years <laughs> and they are worthless now. Like that's one of the things that just really, it's funny yeah. because, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially in the nineties, you know, nineties is when the kind the kind of the collecting bubble popped where, you know, between comic books and baseball cards and things like that, people thought, Oh, well, by by that point, the ones that were much older were worth a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. So people in the 90s thought, well, if I collect this stuff now, then it's going to be worth money in 20 years yeah. or 30 years yeah. if I just put it away. And it's not the case because... Uh, there, there was uh, the 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 market on that uh, went crazy, and they started overproducing all this stuff. So there was just so many of these cards and comics. They forget that it, the reason that they were valuable wasn't because they existed, but because they were scarce. Yes, and that's what destroyed everything. Was exactly. they they were like, oh wow, people are really getting into this, and they produced so many that it devalued everything. Right. Well, I mean, look at, you know, when, when you were a kid, uh, maybe in the 60s or 70s, and you collected baseball cards, you put them in your spokes of, yeah. of your bike. Yeah. You know, like you didn't care about them. You know, you traded them with your friends and, and, and whatever. You, you, they, they were all beat up and everything. So to get them in a good condition was a rare sight, and so that's what made it collectible. Yeah. But when you could just get them anywhere at any time, whether it's a department store or a collector's store, that's not that's not going to help the well, collectability. Even, of even it. showing it, like you could still go and find like a pack of I don't know nineteen eighty something garbage pail kids cards sure. for fifty cents online. Like they're they're not worth any more. They're they're thirty years old. Yeah, but they're not worth any more just because of that. And that's what we used to think when we were kids. Is right. Cause I remember and I remember having like players cards and it was like worth like I don't know. Ten dollars because the player was doing really well and everything. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much it's going to be worth when I'm older. <laughs> you you could burn a thousand of them and still not have lost a penny at this point because they're just there's nothing behind them. That's what I like. That's why I think I was into more of the action figures, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuck with me my whole life. Now, were you, in, did in you know when you were getting them? Did you know you wanted to collect them? Did you keep them in the package, or did you just want to have them? No, I I wanted to have. I opened them, okay. you know, and played with them. Uh, I feel bad for the kids that which, like which, which and and the, here's the sad thing is uh, the first thing I started with was uh, He Man, Ghostbusters. And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know. Mm. So I had like a good portion of those collections. Like I'm talking like pretty much every one. Like the probably probably one of the only ones that stands out in my mind that I can think of that I I couldn't get was um they he man had a million different figures and they all had kind of a, a shtick. You know, yeah, each one yeah. did something that made them cool. And there was one called Stinkor, and he was a, a skunk guy. And he smelled. That was his power. So you open the package, and he just smelled terribly. 
So my mom was like, no fucking way. You are not getting Stinkor. This is the worst thing. And of course, it just makes you want it more because yeah. you're like, oh, you, you don't want me to have it, so now I want it more. So I, I never ended up getting Stinkor, which is probably good in retrospect. Yeah. Because uh, it probably just would have stunk up the rest of them and, and stuff. And then your hand would Stinkor to me playing with them. And right, right. <laughs> But I had so I, I kept them in really, really good shape. So even though they were out of the package, a lot of them actually would still be worth something today, even out of the box, because I, I kept a lot of the accessories. I kept them in oh, okay. pretty good shape and everything. But then I had siblings. Uh, so years later, uh, my youngest brother, who was too old, was too young at that point to actually even know what any of these characters were, because obviously all those fads had gone yeah. by by the time he was born. So he was the kind of per like I would set them up for hours and hours. You know, I would I would build up the huge armies and have them all set up on top yeah. of the cat, you know, Castle Grayskull and the <laughs> the. Um, the firehouse for the, the the Ghostbusters and shit, and I would spend hours and hours doing. That. I'd probably spend more time setting them up than actually playing with them. Yeah. And then my brother would come along, and he'd just take the two of them and smash them <laughs> together until the pieces flew <laughs> off and they were done. He knew and then he he'd take the next two. Like he was just so destructive. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. I just see you standing back on. This is gonna be so epic <laughs> and just like waiting and plotting and then him running and be like oh my god and just, yep, like, just smashing <laughs> them just smashing them together is now my my one brother um he was he was not as much like he he would he he really liked destroying my legos he, that was his thing he loved pulling down the castles and stuff like that but years years after when my other brother was born he was the one who really really would love to smash them together and at that point I was kind of in that, you know, I was older and it was like, oh, well, yeah, let them play with the toys or whatever. And I yeah. wasn't really thinking about it. And, you know, I had other shit going on. You're a teenager now. You know, you're thinking about girls and shit. So I was a little less worried about that shit. Now I'm like, fuck, I'm so pissed that he destroyed so many of those. I wish I still had a yeah. lot of them. So I have, you know, ones here and there and shit, but not nearly as many as I used to. Yeah. I didn't really get into comics until I was eight. I think that's where a lot of I me mean, from for me I remember um I don't know if you remember remember muscles yes a little that was I like, had a bunch of those that was kind of my first I was trying okay. to think I'm like probably around like five or six or something like that I remember I became obsessed with those and it yeah. and they used to be so cheap too I mean you could get them for nothing it was like a it, I think it was a Japanese cartoon yeah it was it was like a the they were like wrestlers and it yes. was based on the Japanese wrestling. And then they kind of took it and then started getting into it. And then they had a cartoon came out. All these things branched off it. But they initially, when they came out, were just these little, like, three-inch maybe high right. uh, flesh-colored figures. They didn't do anything. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't move. Didn't they were just solid. They no, they, they were just no flesh-colored. And you would buy them. And they used, to buy, they used to sell huge buckets of them. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I used to, like, every time I went anywhere with my mother when I was a kid, I would beg to get, because <laughs> they would sell, like, little, because then they were geniuses, too, because they would sell little, like, four-packs, yeah. like an eight-pack, and then, like, a, I don't know, 16, a 32, and then a bucket. So you could get, you could walk in and spend a dollar and get, like, four of them, or you could spend, like, 15 or whatever and get a bucket of them and just go to town, and you would just do whatever. I don't remember what the hell I did with them. I don't, <laughs> you couldn't really... Do, those were things you would just be able to smash together. That's pretty much the extent of playing. Yeah, with you them. could, you could, because they they really were very durable. Yeah, 
so you didn't have to worry about breaking them or anything. And then eventually they started doing like just limited colors. Yeah, there they was started like blue and red. They started then after that kind of fade, they started getting into like neon color. They were the same figures. Oh, that yeah, was exact the genius same thing. thing. Yeah. Genius because it was the same molds. And all I did was throw in a different color. Yep. And now here you go, and then release that to the world. Uh, of all weird things, I think my favorite one was a, a guy with a wolf head who was blue. And I just called him Blue Wolf because none of them had real like oh, yeah, names were, no. necessarily because uh, the, the cartoon really didn't come over here. No, like we didn't really get a lot of that stuff until way after the fact. So we were just basing our, our love on the of these things by the the, the yeah. figures you know and that just looked cool that was kind of the thing because it was that and then i got into like godzilla i remember we used to have a little godzilla toy it was a remote control and by remote control i mean it was on a string <laughs> and all it would do is kind of move its arms up and down yeah, yeah. but i loved like it, it, i don't know what it was when i was a kid that sparked me into weird japanese things because hmm. I, I didn't like i didn't have it in my family or i just like some reason I got into that, and then I got into like Spectre Man. I don't know if that's an old. Okay, that's an old reference. I don't know if anybody. I actually have a VHS tape of one of the shows. Um, it is fucking awful. <laughs> uh, I bought it on eBay just out of nostalgia. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't seen this in forever. I used to rent it. For, there was this little mom pop video store I used to rent movies from. Then I find out my parents told me later the FBI shut this guy down because he was renting movies illegally. He just oh, wow. he just bought his own movies and was renting <laughs> them out, and then they got raided. Um, but I used to he used to have all these awesome movies though, so I kind of felt bad for the guy. Uh, but it was basically if you remember, you remember Ultraman? Yeah. Okay, it was kind of like that. Like he would be able to grow huge. He'd fight these monsters and all this stuff. Uh, I didn't remember the aspect that he was fighting for a cleaner environment. <laughs> and this is the but so he was an early Captain yeah, Planet. Yeah, it, it was. He was a very progressive superhero <laughs> from J- Japan in the seventies. Um, I loved that show, and that's like what really got me. I was just so into like anything like Japanese with the robots and stuff. I never. Yeah. It was weird because that was when I was a kid. I loved all that. I had like every Godzilla movie, every one they ever made, I'd, and I'd watch them. Like I never tortured my parents with watching like the same Disney cartoon over and over, but I would watch every Godzilla all the time. And and it was funny because I didn't make my parents watch it. They were just knew I would be content. Like here you go, and they just <laughs> let me, and it'd stick me in a corner for like two hours, and I would be fine. I'd watch like whatever one I had numerous times and just loved them. But it never translated for me into like anime and stuff when I got older. Like mm. I liked some anime, but I never got really, really into it. Right. It was just kind of one of those things I loved when I was a kid. And then out of that, I got into like the sports stuff. I think everything, every guy, I think we have to play that gender role at some point. Yeah, I, I think that, that was almost like I. I feel like looking back now, yeah, as it wasn't an adult, what you wanted. It was. Th- it was yeah. kind of thrust upon you, yeah. more or less. Like, okay, you know, you're a boy, so you have to like these in the same way that like every girl had a Barbie. Mm-hmm. But you know, whereas like my sister really liked Barbies and liked playing with them. There were probably other girls who were like, "Yeah, I'm not really into Barbie per yeah, se, or could care less, but I have to have one because you know that's what you get for your birthday party, and yeah. you know you have to be well, thankful." We had, and we had so much then too because we remember the starting lineup dolls, like that was the yes. the, the little figure. So you had the starting lineups, then the cards, and you get into jerseys, and you had the starter jackets, and you had all this this stuff. Yeah, and it was like, all right. I mean, like thinking back to it, like I remember my room, like I had. Because I, I was like a big 49ers fan when I was a kid, I thought. I don't know. <laughs> and I had my room like covered in all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't 
remember having like a real connection to it at all. It right. was just like no oh, fond memories. Yeah, per it se. was like this is my room. Like it wasn't like uh, angered about it or anything. But I'm like I don't like thinking back is I don't know why I really don't like. Yeah, I play sports, but it wasn't like I was super jock guy or anything. Right, and like neither neither was my my dad. My my grandfather was really a sports guy, so maybe that's where some of it mm. came from. Is he really wanted me to, I think, be involved in that kind of stuff or like be into it? Uh, but I I could never I I was never a fan, and I I tried out for basketball because everyone said, "Oh, you're tall, so you sh- <laughs> you should automatically be able to play like fucking Michael Jordan." And it was just I I, I loved that mentality because you see some of the people they're like seven foot tall like oh he's gonna be great at basketball no they're not they're really gangly they can they, they're yeah. really like they don't have the same kind of hand-eye coordination because <laughs> they're so tall like some people that are really really tall like aren't worse basketball <laughs> player all they can do is stand there and put their arms up right. and like that's the best you can hope for the guy and it's like well that's not a reason to do anything <laughs> like standing and being able to stand and put your arms up is not a reason to do anything in life <laughs> But I don't know. You hear that all the time. It's the number one thing. I'm sure it's thrown. Oh, all the time, especially when you're a tall kid. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's I was always taller than everybody else in school. So it was just automatically like, oh, I should be good at basketball. But yeah. I had no interest in it either. So it didn't necessarily translate. I think if I really wanted it, then I could have gotten better at it. But I yeah, know it's not there. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing that's funny, too, with, with collecting stuff. Like you do. Fig- I remember I tried getting into comics too is another one i tried when i was i don't know, like seventh or eighth grade because that was when it was like at that peak point and everyone was getting into all this and then yep. you had all the sunday morning cartoons like x-men and everything based on like so i went and tried to get some i remember getting um like ghost rider i remember getting a couple x-men and venom when they came out the venom comic i remember like getting all these things because i thought the artwork was really cool yeah and I, that's what i really liked about it that's what attracted me to it but i'm just like i i don't know if it was my early ADD I just like I could never sit there and read them though I would look at the pictures I'm like this is fucking awesome but I couldn't get myself to read it and then want to go and get another one and I just I don't know what it was it just didn't click in my head with me right but see that the the comics really got into my head because of the cartoons the cartoons were really uh, they were really big and they were very, very over merchandised. So there was oh, so God, many yeah. action figures and things. So just when I thought, you know, okay, maybe I'm done with action figures for a little while because all those, you know, ones that I talked about earlier were kind of done at that yeah. point. You know, they had kind of faded into uh, not necessarily obscurity, but you know, no, the, you didn't see them on toy shelves the, anymore. The, the now, when you look back, there's the nostalgia, but it wasn't there. It was just like like how we look at things from yeah. early 2000s right now are like nothing. But in right, but maybe years, in 20 years, yeah. people are going to look back yeah. and, and see them differently. So, so now, you know, then it was uh, the 90s cartoons. It was X Men, Spider Man, Eat and, the Cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fits, yeah, the good fits stuff. right in there. <laughs> but uh, I, I really love the X Men because that. I identified with the whole outcast thing. You know, yeah. I was I was a kid who didn't have a lot of friends. I was really nerdy and I was picked on mercilessly for it. And I went to a Catholic school where it was 10 times worse, especially if you were the poor kid who got in there because your parents really saved up and thought you were getting a better education there as opposed to the rich kids who were in there to just be dicks to everybody <laughs> and not take away one religious message whatsoever. 
so I was kind of in that, you know, I, I, I was awkward and I wanted, you know, something that I could turn to that I could identify with. And it certainly wasn't the kids there. So comics really did that for me, especially the X-Men. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I was so into them because they were the outcasts. They were like, you know, they were just a little bit different from everybody else. And even though they were good people trying to do good things, they wouldn't be recognized for it because of their, they were because of the fact that they were different. So I really identified with that. And then, of course, you know, Spider-Man came along not too long after that. And, you know, same thing. He was a nerdy kid who was pecked on and, you know, misunderstood. And that, you know, stuck with me. So I really got into comics that way. And that led into me kind of discovering the whole Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know, there's so many other Most characters. people that click with comics, like that's where they, they click with it, is that outcast mentality. And even like when you hear the, the like Stan Lee and all these old writers, oh, sure. of them, that was the basis for them. Yeah. Like themselves I mean, are insecurities. Exactly. So it, like always that's where it clicks with people. I think if you get in at that, that point, and I think that's where it was that I miss it. Not that I didn't have those feelings, right. but it was just I, I got in, I was trying to get into them at the same time I was getting into punk. Ah, right. So as I was getting into punk... I think it, that clicked more in my mind because it was easier to be like fuck off and throw a middle finger <laughs> than than read. Like I think, yeah. that's, I think that's what it was for me. <laughs> that it was just like I I got I clicked more with that aggression than I did with with the reading and stuff. And that's I think fair. it was just like that's how it acted out in me, and that's kind of why I went that way. Right. So it was like I always kind of related. Like when I hear people talk about getting into comics, I'm like that's I, I relate completely with that. And it makes complete sense. And that's, you know, especially at that age, like, God, I don't even know what our, I have to say our dicks, but not everybody knows what their dick is doing, especially the women. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we don't even know what our bodies are doing or anything. Like, we don't understand what's happening to us. Right. So it makes it more of a click to click with these people that, you know, that's what the whole storyline is. Right, exactly. They're getting used to who they are now yeah. as opposed to, you know, who they were. And, and uh, you know, that... The comics, I think, were the first thing where I really started paying attention to, okay, I need to keep these safe and mm -hmm. I need to put them away somewhere and make sure that they're in good shape and stuff like that. Whereas, like, the other stuff, I don't, I, there wasn't, there was the collecting mentality of I had to have them all, but not necessarily that I had to keep them safe, that they were going to be worth money someday or something like that. Yeah. Like, that really wasn't the thing. So when I started collecting comics, uh, I would read uh, like Wizard Magazine and stuff and in the back they would have uh, a little price guide and so then that kind of gave you an idea of oh these are the issues that you should look for and stuff like that so when I go to the comic shop I maybe save up and every once in a while I'd get like a key issue you know something mm -hmm. that they would highlight oh this is the first appearance of this character or this is the death of this character usually that was the big thing it was it was your, your the, their first appearance their death their wedding you know, yeah. whatever, you know, some kind of big, you know, Life moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they're, they're the, this, the first appearance of this villain or that villain and that kind of thing. So those are the, like the big ones you'd really want to go after. And so I, every once in a while I'd save up and get one of those and, you know, I'd still read them and everything. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm, and, and I'm still to this day very, very much against the whole grading thing where you stick them in a freaking piece of plastic and you can never open it again yeah. oh yeah I mean, it totally that's, that's, totally defeats the purpose that's a different aspect of collecting that that i don't even get because it, it's it feels to me um that you're not even getting any enjoyment out of it it's just yes. it's basically and i i want to i don't want to be a jerk because i know some people really are into it but to me it gets to be like a dick measuring contest 
Yeah. With a lot of it, because it's just points of pride of like, mm-hmm. I have this, and you don't, and it's like, you know how rare this is? Like, well, yeah, but did you ever look at it? Do you even know what it's about? <laughs> like, do you have any clue? Because to me, it's like, well, what's the point of having it? It's like having, like, all right, it's like getting a very expensive painting that's stolen that you can't let anybody know you have. Right. What's the fucking point? Like, what is the point of having, like, a, a $50 million Van Gogh that was stolen from a museum in, <laughs> in like, this hidden room in your mansion? Right. Like, what, why do you even, what the fuck is the point? Like, to know inside. Yeah, like, to oh, feel like, superior yeah. to other and people. Yeah, and it's like, and that's like, the stuff I don't get. And I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not comparing everyone like that, because I know some people just have OCD, and they can't help themselves. <laughs> but I just, I don't get that. I, I, I would have a lot of people, like when I started meeting other people who actually were into comics and like that kind of stuff too, you find those fans very quickly where the, the, uh, there was a lot of them that were just like, oh, I know more about this character than yeah. you do, or I've read more issues than you do. And it's like, you realize that this is the same thing the sports guys yeah. over there are doing to us, that's, right? That's like, like my never... muscles are bigger than you. I'm taller yeah. than you. I'm tougher than you. I can play basketball better than you. I get more girls than you do. It's all whatever. It's all insecurities acting out in a different way. Yeah, and that's why I just wish people could just kind of step back and realize that like you've run so far from that that you ran right into it. Yep. And you can't. There's no point then. And it's like you have to kind of take that realization of like. All right, why did I get into this? Like, did I get into this because I really like this, or because I want to make myself feel better than this guy over here? And if it's the second, then don't fucking get into it because yeah. it's there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to ever get into anything basically just to be a dick, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. And that's the stuff I never got into. And I think you know part of that is what maybe kind of kept me out from some things too because of people like that because i'm like i don't need to be around this guy <laughs> i don't need to be around multiple versions of this guy right so and i think that's what keeps a lot of people out of some areas of interest that they would like to get into like i saw that with beer stuff a lot like i, mm. I you see people want to get into certain things but there's that one guy that acts as the gatekeeper <laughs> who nobody assigned that position right? and acts like, oh, you don't know this. Well, who fucking cares? Like, that's the whole point is, yeah, I don't know about this and I want to know, but not from you. <laughs> and like, that's that's what I don't get is like, that's the, how people should treat it. But instead, they kind of get discouraged and leave. And it's like, well, that, that's not cool. And like, that's the stuff I, I never really kind of got into with it because I, the people I knew that were into a lot of those things were that way more than off, more often than not. You you, you see that a lot um, with the comic book stuff still to this day uh, because of the superhero movies. When yeah. that took over in the two thousands, because part of it is protecting their territory. It is, which is very get, much so. But, you know, like, and I I get like, oh well, you're not a real fan because you don't have all the comics, you didn't read all this or whatever. You just watched the movie and now you call yourself a fan or whatever. And I'm like, well. I think you're still a fan. Yeah. Like, I, if you like it, you like it. Right. That's it. I, I always, I, I, I personally, I wanted more people to like it. Yeah. Like, I, I was always the kind of guy who was like, here, read this comic because then you'll like what I like too. And then we can talk yeah. about it and share it that's together. That's why we got into a lot of this stuff was because we felt like outcasts and I wanted something to grab onto. So why wouldn't you want to have more people to share that with? Right. Like, why do you want to remain feeling that way when you claimed that's what led you to that in the first place? Yeah. Is it because you're afraid to lose your story of your life? Like, it's just so stupid. And the the weird, the funny thing is, is if you actually look at it objectively, you didn't lose that part of yourself because I kind of slowly, uh, amongst all the friends that I've made over high school and college and stuff like that, people, a lot of people that I still talk to this to this day, they always look at me as, oh, he's the comic guy, even though they yeah. like it too now. 
they're still like, but you're the guy, you're, you're the, the old OG. school guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know more like, yeah. you know, when, when, you know, a new show like Luke Cage comes out, they're like, oh, could you tell me about Luke Cage? I'd like to know if I'd like to watch the show or not. And I know you're the guy to talk to about this stuff that you would know his whole history and mm. be able to tell me some of the best comics to pick up to read, to know who he is yeah. and stuff like that. And that's cool. That's a, a, that's yeah, a fun a little position for you. For yeah, you still yeah have exactly. It. Like I still get to be proud of it, but and I don't have it. to like keep it close to my chest and you earned it by being nice though not by being a dick because if you were the right. dick guy no one would ever ask you shit about no, your opinion they would they never want to hear that it. you're the last one they ever want to talk to <laughs> it's like oh god if, if when you walk in a room people go oh god this guy yeah you're not doing something right <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all you got to remember with it <laughs> but i think for me like when i got into high school like, what clicked for me was cds which i know now is like I'm not speaking of things that are fucking worthless. But like, <laughs> I, I got like that was like a big point of pride for me. I remember having those those Case Logic books, yeah. and and this is where my OCD clicked in because I had, they were alphabetized. Oh, my! Wow. And it, when I bought a new CD, I fucking rearranged all those CDs to work that one in. God forbid I bought something with an A in the title. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> got a whole, and I would I would do it, pull them all out in stacks, put them in, and they were just always in order. I always kept my CDs like no scratches. I was just very, very meticulous, and I kept a, a big collection of that. That was my first thing that I really got into was getting into like all these punk CDs and, and hardcore stuff. And, and and it was fun for me too when I would go down to like a record store or whatever, and I'd have to order it and uh, then wait. Right. For, and that's something. It's this is definitely like you know not in my yard or whatever type of mentality of an old man, but that's something kids now like don't understand like that no, joy because no. it was like either i if i can't have it now i don't want it yeah and it's like, yeah they you forget about it in five minutes yeah like you don't know the pain of like going in and being like oh my god they don't have it and then like well we could order it we'll have it in like four to six weeks and like ah oh, fuck but that joy when you would come home and that message was on your answering machine yeah that it came in like well nothing will replace that <laughs> and going down and getting it, it's like oh my god and like you and also you want to talk about like that elitism like you knew I'm the only one around here who has this because I had to fucking order it. Right. Nobody has this. I had to order it and they ordered one copy and that is mine. Yeah. And like that was like such a joy or going in and trying to discover things like that. And like, but that was really what got me collecting more than anything. And then on the backing of that was movies and stuff too, which is that's kind of more of what kind of kept me. Um, but a lot of it was music for me in high school. Like getting in band T-shirts is another thing. Cause, and a lot of that was kind of collecting the the herd mentality. Because like mm -hmm. when you wore a band T-shirt, people were either in the know or they weren't. And you yeah, knew right you away. You represented. Yeah. You and know, it was awesome when you you had this obscure shirt on and someone came up like, nice shirt. Yeah. And, and, it, and, he would, oh, and I, I, if you've been in this situation, you know the follow-up question is, oh, you know what band this is? Because people will compliment your shirt but have no fucking clue yeah. what the band is. They just yeah, think it's a cool design or something. So the follow-up was always, oh, you know what band this is? And if they said, oh, yeah, fuck, you were, you were best friends right there in that moment. Like You were just Absolutely. like, all right, cool. I, and, oh, I love those I days. made <laughs> so many friends in high school because of shirts. Mm -hmm. I really would go. And this was, this was back in the day before... You know, I did my clothes shopping at the comic store. Like literally, yeah. they they had a rack of of shirts, and I'd hope that they'd order a large. 
in in you know that that I that in a design that I liked at a, a character that I enjoyed because you couldn't just go to a department store like you can now and just get a shirt with Spider Man on it. Yeah, you just you couldn't do it. You yeah. know, it was it was very hard to find. And they didn't cost five bucks like they do now either. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They were they they were expensive. And, and uh, you know, Hot Topic was when when they moved from kind of a goth store to more of pop culture and stuff. They got a lot of superhero stuff, so yeah. I would wait because a lot. It's funny because a lot of it would just sit on the, the the rack until it went on clearance. Yeah. So I would just wait till they went on clearance, <laughs> and that was okay. I got my wardrobe Kid, for the you've fall. You've been in here now. like ten times in the past week for that shirt. Why don't you just buy it? No, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I knew no one else is into this shit. So this is just gonna sit here until it goes on clearance, and then I'm gonna get it, and then I'm gonna be that guy, you know. And same with bands. Like I, I'd go to a lot of shows, um, you know, around it, within about two hours or so. I go there. There was a place in Allentown that's gone now, Crocodile oh, Rock. Yeah, I've seen the Misfits there. Yeah, so many good shows there. You know, like very rarely did a lot of those those small shows come to Scranton. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of times you had to drive a little bit out of the area to to get you know go to Philly or or Allentown or something like that. But there was so many good bands, and I would you know buy their shirts and same thing, like hope that someone else would know who yeah. the, who the hell this was. It was, was such a joy, like when you have that, like just just seeing that, and that's that's I mean not that it doesn't that that can't go on today. It's just kind of different because that 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 uh, conversation happens more online. Yes. Than it does anywhere else. And so it's just, it's different because it's just a different level of connection than you would have elsewhere. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that's like kind of sad with, with the changing of music with everything is you don't have those connections that you used to have. Even with anything that we're into collecting, really, those connections are mostly online. You don't have the random meetings of things like you used to in so many places because it's just the way things are. I'm not like complaining about it. In a lot of ways, it's cool because you have someone out in the middle of, fucking kansas that doesn't have the ability to possibly run into someone that like some obscure black metal band from finland from the 80s right but like you you have that online like they can run into someone anywhere yeah so i mean it's a really cool thing that's the one thing that is nice but it does change and it kind of you you get kind of nostalgic for those days because you know it i mean it's also gone by because we'd be pretty fucking sad as we get older to still be that guy like walking around hey man even even kids now can't do it because there's all u- the uniform policies now. Yeah, that's you know true when too, we were yeah. in school, you there could wear nothing, what you yeah. wanted as long within reason. Because oh, I remember yeah. my friends and stuff would get kicked out of school for like wearing a Marilyn Manson shirt or something like that. I remember kids getting getting the have to put the tape over the big Johnson T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to put the tape over the the Johnson because like oh now I don't know what that means. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> or the co-ed naked shirts that were popular. That was my favorite answer for it was. Put a piece of masking tape over it. Oh, because now I don't know what's going on. Right. Like, then it's just going to make me wonder, okay, what are you wearing the masking yeah. tape for? And It was so stupid. It's going to draw more attention to it. It's so dumb. But then from that for me, like, is when I, like, horror movies clicked for me at, like, a very, very young age. Like, I like I said, like, I got into, like, Godzilla stuff, but at the same time, probably in, like, oh, God, maybe second or third grade, my mother, I love my mother, she got me into, like, Vincent Price movies when I was a kid. She just, for whatever reason, thought... You'll love this. <laughs> so I used to watch all these old Vincent Price movies with her and then got into watching like Uncle Ted late on Saturday nights and, and staying up watching like recording ones if I could if I couldn't stay up for them. But I got really into that. So then when I got to I remember my mother used to buy 
VHS types tapes for me when I was a kid. I remember getting like Day of the Triffids, which I don't know if you've ever seen that one. You would probably like that. It's an old sci-fi horror one. movie. It's it's kind of really underrated. It's a really really good old movie. Hmm. Um, but getting into some of those, I I started really getting into the artwork of it and stuff. Yeah. And then when I got into high school and I actually had you know spend like expendable income for things, I started going out and getting like I remember buying like VHS tapes at the time of different like horror movies and stuff. And then that's the thing that's funny with movies, the changing formats has changed it more so than music even. Yeah. Because we, we migrate migrated from VHS to laser disc. If you really were dedicated, which I was not that dedicated, um, into DVD had all, I had a huge, I, I used to have a huge horror DVD collection and then it just got to like, eh, and now I'm, now I'm slowly getting into Blu-ray. Right. And they're geniuses with what they're doing. Like you have companies like Shout Factory and Synapse and everything that are making such high quality resolutions to these awesome old movies that basically had shitty, shitty transitions for a long, long time. And now they look beautiful. You can't even, some of the movies don't deserve it at all. Like some of the movies <laughs> are fucking terrible and they do not deserve that kind of transfer, but like they are doing great with them. But that's completely playing into the collector mind. Yes. Because they're putting out limited edition. Um, I remember I got a copy of Pieces from Grindhouse releasing. I love that movie. Fucking god awful. Um, but they put a limited edition puzzle inside of it, I think to 3,000, and people flipped their shit over it. Hmm. I remember within a week of getting my copy of it, people were flipping that on eBay for two, three times the amount of money they paid. Jeez. And it's just a small little puzzle but as soon as you say limited edition into this world right it's game on absolutely and it could be nothing because like, i remember when i got it i'm like this is it this is the puzzle <laughs> like what the hell is this thing Co- comics used to do you know back in the 90s the big thing was you know they'd put a hologram on there mm-hmm. they'd make a gold foil That's cover the, the venom comic i'm thinking of that first edition i had was a limited edition uh, foil hologram right. cover. I still vividly remember that. Now, none of that stuff obviously ended up being worth anything no, God, in the no. long run. But now the new... The Unless new, they ran out of foil. <laughs> <laughs> the new the new hotness with this whole stuff is the uh, the uh, they, they make alternate covers on purpose now that are uh, sanctioned by Marvel or DC or whatever. So especially for number one issues. So... The 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 thing the last couple of years is they they reboot everything now all the time. It's like at least once a year now. It seems like even the major titles just get a reboot automatically back to number one again to sell more number ones. So it, it's very confusing as to what like because then they'll they'll yeah, cause the storylines are kind of getting yeah and and it's frustrating because the 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 idea is oh we're gonna get new people into this and stuff because it starts again at number one so they don't have to like. Oh, you know, I'm picking up at number 357 and hoping that I understand what's going on or whatever. But the fact that they keep rebooting it so much is just as confusing. And then which volume is it? Okay, is it volume one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever? Because they've done so many over the years. And so now they have the alternate covers of each one. So it's like number one A, number one B, number one C, you know, so on and so forth, where they have a different artist come in and draw a completely different cover, or the they're they're really playing on like you know fan art now, like fan you know fan art became so huge. Mm-hmm. 
uh, especially over the last maybe decade or so on online, you know, with sites like DeviantArt and whatever else. So now they've just taken that to the, they're just being smart about it and saying, well, why can't we do the same thing? You know, yeah. we'll have 10 different versions of Venom number one and in every style that you would possibly ever want. So if you liked the 90s version of one, we have an artist that drew the 90s version. Wow. If you like, you know, the more modern version, then we have the more modern you know version. Sad. If you want one with Deadpool on it, even though he's not in the comic, <laughs> we're just going to put Deadpool on the fucking cover because he's popular right now. It's sad because we really step back and look at all this stuff. You realize I'm a fucking monkey that'll jump through a hoop. Yeah. Like you really are like at the it's, end of the day. Because it's like, like yeah, okay, we're sitting here rationalizing this is stupid. I can't believe they do this. They do this. When's it coming out? <laughs> like that's, <laughs> like that's exactly what winds up happening every yeah. time. Because like now the, the new thing, I mean, there's the Blu-rays and they're putting out um, like Shout Factory and Scream Factory puts out a lot of Blu-rays. And what they've been doing now is putting out limited edition. I, I don't like this one. So, I mean, people are into it. That's cool. But they've been doing slip the slip covers, which I like having a slip cover on my Blu-ray. I yeah. love when I get those. But they've been putting out limited edition. So when you buy one copy of it, you get two slip covers. Oh, that's interesting. Which I to me I'm like, well, one's gonna get ruined. Right. Like that's all I think is like I'm like, well, one of the Yeah, because you can't put both on. No. Right? So I'm like, one of them's gonna get ruined. Huh. And I I don't know. That's that that to me is where I'm like, I don't get it. That's cool if you're into that, but right. I don't I don't follow that line of thinking. Yeah. But there, there's so much they're trying to get into. Now, the other thing that's really picked up is, you know, vinyl in general has picked up greatly in the past couple of years. Sure. I mean, the, you can read all the things you want about how it's the music industry manipulating us to get into a dead format and blah, blah. There's all these different arguments about it, but it's like, it's a cool thing if you're into it. Like, if you're still into a physical copy, I want them kind of stumbling into it. I was actually selling off a lot of my old vinyl that I bought years ago and never listened to. And then while I was selling it, I stumbled into all these soundtracks that are coming out mm. that I was unaware of. And I fell on that rabbit hole so quickly. So you're selling one thing off just to buy another yeah. more or and less. I, and I was selling it off because I'm like, oh, I don't need this format, whatever. Yeah. You know, then I found all, I found that and I'm like, oh. I need to get a new record player. Oh, I need to get a new uh, receiver and better speaker. And then just went right down because it is like, especially when you get into vinyl, some of the soundtracks like you stumble upon, it's like, why is this out? Do they have like, I have cannibal Holocaust city of the living dead, um, Suspiria. Like there's so many different ones. They have uh, zombie Holocaust. That's like, piece of shit garbage movie yep. has this beautiful soundtrack on a double vinyl and like i don't understand why some of these things exist but it's so awesome and it's so cool to hear some of this music as this pure time capsule of yes. that period and sometimes you know you're home and you feel like you want to watch like a horror movie or something but really you don't want to watch a horror movie you kind of want that vibe mm -hmm. like that fall type vibe they're perfect to throw on yeah and like that's the one thing and then they they even capitalize on it more by putting out different pressings. Mm -hmm. So you can get the limited edition. They only did 500 copies of this one in this orange with yellow, or you can get the standard one that's green and red, and there's you know whatever many copies we made of it. Yeah. So they're playing right into the collector, and they're like, oh, shit. I gotta, I gotta. And I bought into that, too, because it's like you kind of want to have that just to feel like, oh, wow, there's only – there's no fucking difference between yeah. – other than the color. Most of the time, there's no difference even in the vinyl. I remember I got um, the Pet Cemetery soundtrack, mm -hmm. 
from uh, Mondo. I think Mondo did that, Death Waltz Records. And they kind of got some backlash for this because what they started doing was instead of saying, okay, here's the limited edition. We only did 500 of these and or you can buy the standard because people were complaining that basically people were getting there and buying them all up and then reselling them. Right. So they were complaining about the flippers. So they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to randomly insert the rare. Oh, and that kind of pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. I wasn't pissed off because I got one. <laughs> but you were lucky. Yeah, and I didn't, but it was it's like it is I I didn't mind it because it, it was fun cuz I bought it thinking like, well whatever, I just want this soundtrack. I don't really care. Sure. But when you open it up and see this awesome swirl pattern and like, "Oh my god." Cuz I thought I was just getting a standard black vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I'm like it was cool, but that's one way you get backlash from collectors. Yeah, because they're the the collector, like the full on collector, not the the person that wants to have the music or have the comic or have whatever to enjoy, but the one that wants to collect it to have it on the shelf to say I have this and you don't. They don't like when you do that to them, right? Because now they're on equal footing with everybody else. It's it's funny because uh, you know playing off of that, a lot of my collection of of stuff over the years really isn't worth much. Like a lot of the stuff that I like, uh, uh, especially the action figures um, that I've maybe bought in the last decade or so, mm. a lot of it isn't stuff that is super limited, is some kind of crazy you know New York Comic Con exclusive or San Diego exclusive or whatever. Because, you know, I'm also an adult who has to pay bills and shit. (laughs) So I'm not like I I draw a line at certain prices. Like I think now it's just it's pure gouging. Like there's a lot of stuff where it's just it's completely overpriced for what you're getting. It's still it's still a a painted piece of plastic at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. Like you have to be an adult and realize like it's not worth having all these. So I'm kind of like I, I not necessarily have toned it down, but uh, especially the last two years, uh, getting laid off from the job that I had and having to start my own business, yeah. it's been really tough financially to kind of keep up at the pace that I used to be able to oh, go yeah, on. Because I yeah. used to, you know, I'd pay all the bills and everything, and then it's like, okay, if I have a little bit left over. Then I'd go to Walmart and splurge on a Marvel Legends figure, which are, you know, the only reason the Marvel Legends line exists right now is for collectors. Like, they're, they, they mostly oh yeah, they make specifically made it for, yeah. obscure characters or that ha- never had action figures before or really, really nice sculpts of classic characters that you'd want to see maybe in a specific outfit or mm-hmm. design or whatever that you, you liked or whatever. So they, they still continue those to this day, and you can get them at places like Walmart or Target, so you don't have to go to some whatever. But they do have exclusives for Comic-Con. They have exclusives for comic stores specifically, yeah. things like that. But I, I'm just kind of the person, well, if I have an extra couple bucks and I know I can splurge on this, okay, I'm going to get that one figure or whatever. I'm not going to obsess over the fact that, okay, I couldn't afford the whole collection. I'm not going to go broke because I couldn't get everyone in that set or whatever. I'll kind of focus on something specific. Like I have a whole big shelf of like Wolverines because I love Wolverine. He was like the first superhero I was really, really into. So I kind of have a soft spot. So whenever I see a really cool looking Wolverine figure, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get him knowing that most Wolverine figures are completely overproduced because he's a very popular character and it's not going to be, oh, if I, I put this away someday... I'm going to be able to make a million bucks off of it. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Like most of the stuff that I have 
really isn't worth much or can't be flipped for much more than I paid for it originally. But that's not the point of it to me. I like yeah. it because I like it and I want to go in my, like the room that I do all of my work out of that is essentially my office is my collector room. So I have the computer in the corner and I can, you know, just kind of stop whenever I want and look around and be like, oh, there's, you know, there's my figures, you know, Memories. there's my record collection. Yeah, it, it's it, it it makes you feel good, yeah. you know, and it's it's kind of inspiring in a way because like yeah. that's the stuff that made me want to be a writer yeah. or that you know sparks my imagination. So I like to have that stuff around, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be crazy about it, you know. I'm not. Oh, no, and that's that's where I think broke. That's where I think like collecting is an interesting thing because it really does come down to what we said before. Why are you doing it? Yeah, and like that will be that'll be the determinant basically if you drive yourself crazy or go broke. Or you actually kind of have a couple of things that you enjoy. Because, like, you know, I, I love, lo I've, you know, it's obvious by now, but like I've always loved horror movies since I was a kid. Like, fucked up weird ones or super popular. I don't really. And I, I like having the physical format of it. But I'm not going to go and buy everything that comes along because I saw one. Because there's a bunch of movies that, like, I love that I don't own on physical copy because, honestly, like, they're always on one of the streaming sites sure. so i basically can pop it in whenever i want to so it's like you don't have to have everything i used to when i was younger i felt that way i think like every i think everyone that gets into collecting something at some point goes through that obsessive period yeah where you feel like you have to have everything so i used right. to go crazy with that i remember going to uh suncoast video Ah, Talk about yes. getting ripped off all the time. Oh, I but know, I, used to, right? I used to go down there because they actually had some decent, like obscure horror movies, and I would go in there and just kind of go through the DVD section and spend like I don't even want to know now. Like looking back, I mean, I, probably whatever I bought there, I could probably sell for like two dollars, and they probably spent like forty or something for it. <laughs> but I would like, go through all these things because I felt like I have to have this. I have to have this one and this one because so it was just I wanted to have it, not so much because someone else didn't but because I felt like I needed a more complete collection. Yes. And I don't know when that's the tough thing with something like that because when does that ever end? You're never going to own everything that was ever made. Right. And that's where the boundaries kind of come in and you have to go, "Okay, why am I doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> because like you got to set some kind of boundary to it cuz this stuff especially now in this world where things are with that uh kind of I don't want to say I don't want to make it sound too malevolent but basically taking advantage of collectors yes some maybe not knowingly so like doing it to be a jerk but a lot of them are because they know they can do it um you kind of have to set a boundary beforehand though because you will you because honestly what's going to suck is you're going to wind up spending all this money on something that's rare and then you're just gonna have to turn around and sell it anyway right and it, like, that kind of sucks it's like that makes it even a little worse and more sad because you have that story of like, well, I had to sell because I had to pay rent. I'm like that's <laughs> a sad, sad story I have to tell somebody. Right. But that's what ends up happening. So, I mean, I think ultimately you have to kind of know why you got into it. Yeah, I I go to a lot of conventions and you see, uh, the people who are there to just dump stuff. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's just a collector who just you know went overboard mm -hmm. or you know isn't into it anymore. Or, you know, has got to pay the bills and stuff. And you see other people who are like the the 
they just they prey on people who have to have everything yeah. or want a certain limited edition. And they stumbled upon that. this one random thing and they know they can gouge someone for it. Yeah, and, yeah, like and so I've I've kind of you know moved away from a lot of the big giant like because now conventions are getting huge and they're turning mm-hmm. into big business. Oh God, yes. So uh, I like uh, some of the, the the smaller obscure ones. Like uh, now once a year I go to uh, RetroCon, which is uh, out a little outside of Philly. And me and my two brothers and my dad go down and don't really go to like buy a ton of stuff or whatever. I think when I was there, I spent a whole maybe 40 bucks, you know, like it wasn't anything outrageous. But, you know, we went down to just kind of have a good time, you know, like just hang out. You know, I don't see my dad as much anymore. You know, when you don't live with your parents, you start to kind of get, yeah. oh, you know, like you, could, you can't get wait to get away from them, <laughs> you know, when, when you want to move out or whatever. But then you're like, and you're like oh, yeah, I kind of miss just hanging out with dad, you know. So we kind of go to this and, and be like, oh, yeah, I remember getting this as a kid. And when stuff. you can also hang out with them as people, that's yeah. a difference. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and. You know, RetroCon is is really cool because it's it's very cheap to get into, and it's mostly uh, very reasonable price stuff. It's not like nothing too too outrageous. Um, they're not like price gougers, and they get like uh, you know very small guests. Like they had the 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 guy who voiced Skeletor was there, <laughs> and so I was so <laughs> thrilled. I'm like, oh man, you know, Skeletor was one of my favorite characters growing up, and I, I so I of course had to get a Skeletor figure for him to sign, you know, like in the box or whatever. And I found one at a reasonable price there and, you know, got uh-huh. it signed. So it was it was cool. It was like, oh, a little bit of, you know, childhood reminiscence and stuff, but I didn't have to go crazy by spending all this money or anything like that. And the, the funny thing was is for, for the guy known for being Skeletor, he donated all the money to charity. Oh, wow. So anything that he made that weekend from autographs and stuff like that, he gave to, like, you know, Children's Miracle Network or one of those kind of things where it was, oh, it's, that's nice. That's cool. He was also the voice of uh, Falcor from uh, NeverEnding Story, too, which wow. is, like, what a dichotomy, yeah. right? You know, like, wow. one of a uh, very iconic villain and then, you know, like, a, a giant flying puppy Your childhood, dog. right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. So that was a fun weekend and it was like this is what collecting should be about. Yeah. You know like it, that's that's what makes you feel good about it. I think there was one thing taking away from this is just if you're into this and you enjoy collecting, just don't let it once it starts to give you bad feelings. Yeah. Whether that's anger or or this need to hold everything precious. Yeah, like that's kind of when you need to say, "All right, maybe I should rethink what i'm doing yeah because it should be something that gives you enjoyment at the end of the day and that's it that's the whole point of any of it whether it's surrounding yourself with five things that you really love about one thing or 50 things that you love about that one thing it doesn't matter as long as like you're able to afford it you're not going broke and you're not causing yourself more stress yes and and you're not being a dick to somebody (laughs) (laughs) like that's like the, the main thing i think with all of this is it's it's a very interesting area it's a very fun area and there's a mean unending amount of things you can get into collecting so it's not like there's you know parameters on it yes but it's just make sure you're getting into it for the right reasons yeah absolutely that's that's what you should do with anything in life true very true well we're gonna cut this one short because i get it's a shitty tons of shit shit to do uh but we'll we'll be back uh next week and we're gonna start getting into horror stuff we'll round out the rest of the month with my favorite topic and we'll get into a ton of different things Wait, you like horror movies? Eh, kind of. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it. It's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you.